Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! If you're going to bring back the Las Vegas franchise, it has to be outlaws. They had one of the sweetest looking logos on the helmet. Mother of God. Especially when you have a shirtless Rodney Dangerfield. God bless Rodney Dangerfield. Rest in peace. But put on a shirt, man. Don't nobody want to see that. You put that on right now. You'll be headline news on Fox News. One cell. One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening. Welcome to another production of the Extreme Football Podcast, and also later tonight, Just Bring It Wrestling Talk. Well, first off, let's get into the football side of things, because the little league called the AAF is making news. XFL made finally made some news. Finally, they did something. Well, they updated their Twitter account. Ooh, whoopee, clap, clap. But no yeah. further ado, can't do this without my partner, a crime. I know we weren't around last week because of Mother Day. Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day, late Mother's Day to you mothers out there if you are listening. Um, but what's going on, boy? How you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. Been busy at work on the YouTube channel, trying to spread the videos around, go viral. You know how it goes. But man, doing great. But the AAF and XFL definitely got some news. Pretty psyched to talk about it, but uh, I'll let you take the reins from here, Chief. Well, of course, seeing that today is our 20th episode, actuality, it's 19th and the 20th episode, smash into one because this is the 19th episode right now, the XFL part of it, and the Just Bring It will be the 20th part of the episode. So everybody who's been downloading our shows over the past couple of weeks, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the support the donations you've sent to our GoFundMe page. Thank you for that. Uh, you paid for this month's uh, subscription of Blog Talk Radio for us. I really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, you guys keep supporting the show. Also, um, we're doing a little sweepstake for our 50th show, which is could be in a couple of weeks, uh, maybe later in a row before football season. But we want to get you, the fans, to be a part of it. We're going to do a sweepstakes. I have a collectible item. I have not opened it since I bought it 20 some, can't say 20 some years ago. It's almost 20 some years ago, 17 years ago to be exact. Yeah. 
I have a Orlando Rage mini helmet that's still in its package, and we're going to give that away for free. I'll send it to you for free uh, if you win our sweepstakes. But the only way you can get into the sweepstakes, we'll be doing a little thing each and every week for you to put your name in the hat. Um, you got to answer a trivia question, and this week's trivia question is this. Back in 2001, the XFL allowed players to have nicknames. And all the famous nicknames we know. Who did Baby Boy belong to? And what team did he play for? The first person who answered that correctly, calling 646-787-8538. The first person that calls in, give us the answer to that question. You'll be entered to sweepstakes. Do not answer it on Twitter. You answer it on Twitter or Facebook. We don't even have Facebook. You answer it on Twitter, you will be disqualified. You have to come on to the show right now in the XFL portion, the first 30 minutes. Because once we hit just bring it wrestling talk, we're going to think that you're talking about wrestling. And the XFL is going to be a distant memory. So the trivia question is this. In 2001, the XFL wild players have nicknames. Which player wore Baby Boy? And what team did he play for? The first caller to give us the correct answer, you can give us the player's name, or you can give us what team he played for. If you do those, you're entering to win the Orlando Rage mini helmet that was made by Bike. But besides from that, first caller, we'll accept in the first 30 minutes of the program. Baby boy, who do you play for? What's his name? First caller, you get it right off. No Twitters. We're not answering no Twitter accounts. You got to call on the program. But talk about the XFL. A couple days ago, the XFL made a nice lunchering, interesting announcement on Twitter. Kind of ironic how we're not telling the people to answer, but via Twitter. But the XFL <laughs> said out a tweet. It's like, what top eight cities do you want the XFL to go to? And of course, you have the you know all the followers that we follow, you know, putting their teams in. You know, Omaha. Louisville, Columbus, Orlando, etc. But the XFL finally made news. But we do know what Vince McMahon is doing. He's still, you know, enjoying the billions of dollars he got from Saudi Arabia from that no-call glorified show in Saudi Arabia a couple weeks ago. But we finally got XFL news, even though it's a tweet. Still, we finally got Yay. it. Yay. Hey, something's better than nothing. Correct. Um, but also, the AAF has made two major announcements since our last podcast. Um, as you know, we kind of reamed the AAF about going to uh, Atlanta um, a couple weeks ago, and now they go to Memphis. Oh, hum. Memphis. Um, okay. Your other city is Orlando. Okay. Surprise, huh. surprise. Huh. Interesting. So you you decide to bypass Birmingham to go to Atlanta? Okay. Then you go all the way to the West Coast to Salt Lake City. That's still a far distance to travel from Memphis to Salt Lake City. But at least they got four teams. They got Salt Lake City, they have Atlanta, they have Memphis, and they have Orlando. Yeah, um, it looks like they all have coaches. They all, Mike yeah, Singletary so. is supposed to be taking over Memphis. Uh, Dennis Erickson is supposed to be taking over Salt Lake. Tennis Erickson, for those of you who may not remember him, he was the ill-fated coach of Seattle and the 49ers uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And my God, did he just 
stink up the joint when he was in San Francisco. I never understood why he got the position in the first place. But this could work out for him. You know, it's a it's a smaller venue. It's a smaller thing. It's not as much pressure. So, eh, I wish him the best of luck. Oh, at least they're, they have to get in after some pe- players and some coaches that have some – how can I say it without calling them a – Pedigree? Like, they have pedigree, yes. I was going to say something stupid that makes them think they're they're uh, dumb, like they're near Hall of Famers, but only one's a near Hall of Famer, and that's <laughs> Spurrier, because he you know won the Heisman and he's done so much in college football. Yeah, he's and in then, the yeah he's in the college and football. And he was in Washington, <laughs> and that became Thank a you, dumpster fire. Spurrier, <laughs> uh, it was a dumpster fire long before he got there, though. Oh. Uh, Usually, sometimes when you're trying to clean up crap, you don't add crap to it uh, to clean it up. But I'm not taking shots at the <laughs> Redskins, my friend. That uh, the Redskins have had some hard times. I think you made what the postseason two times in the last 15 years. It seems like I know actually RG... three times. But oh, that was close. I, yeah, I just you're threw not that far the... <laughs> I just remember RG3 going back in the pocket and his knee giving out when he was in like coming back from that torn ACL. I'm like, he three-step dropped and he gave out. I'm like, uh, that, that can, that can hurt someone's soul right there. But I still wake up in a cold sweat thinking about that. Uh, yeah. But we also have some other interesting news. Uh, Johnny Manziel. Now Hamilton Tiger cat of the Canadian football league. Apparently he is going to give that a go. And he's already a massive, Canadian Football League sensation and training camp started today. Um, apparently, the Hamilton Tiger well. Cat. Oh yeah, the Hamilton Tiger Cats Facebook slash Twitter's accounts, um, based on the this website I'm looking at, what is this called? Uh, footballmania.com, saying that the Hamilton Tiger Sharks, uh, Tiger Shark, Tiger Cats Facebook and Twitter accounts got an additional 1.7 million followers today. Jeez. I wonder why. He's already bought, he's already worth it. He's already yeah. worth it. And my and my buddy of mine kind of said, "Hey, here's some irony." I was like, "What what were you talking about?" He goes, "Well, at least when if Johnny Manziel wants to go to the NFL, he doesn't have to go far. You could just go down the street to Buffalo, or you could take a right and go to Cleveland, um, which he's already uh, you know destroyed." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, dude, Cleveland's not gonna bring him back." I was like, Cleveland has their guy right now. I think Baker Mayfield will do something. But it was kind of – Johnny Menzel mentor Baker Mayfield. I don't see anything that could possibly go wrong. No. Not that they'll be bitter rivals for each other because one played at Oklahoma and the other one played at Texas A&M. That's true. (laughs) But also, to your fans out there, and I want you – everyone out there, Football fans, period. You know, today, right now, if we had a football season before the football season, we will be currently at week two of the NFL season. Theoretically, you know how long the NFL season is, ladies and gentlemen, 16 weeks. So if we're at week two, what does that mean? 15 weeks. We're 15 weeks away from real football. If only. Still got to wait another year. Actually, not two. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much both two year wait. 
It, uh, it's like waiting for Christmas, except Christmas is two years away. That's really not fair. Well, that's why you, when people talk about why the XFL's not making any news, it's because they're still two years out, and the AAF right now is doing exactly what the XFL did back in 2001, rushing everything. But I, for some odd reason, I feel like this time around the XFL is going to be more conservative on their approach. Um, oh, yeah. Actually getting into like a foundation of actual – Cities slash franchises that can sta- be stabilized longer than just one season. What it looks like in the AAF, they're getting all these big time former players, these former college coaches, these former NFL coaches, and they're like, "Hey, we got to put a team here." Woo, hello. Um, I mean, you can't blame instance, them. They, well, you can't blame they them. Got a, they got a huge pool of talent and names that they can use, so it makes okay. all the sense in the world, and that. Even you know you are right. You know the XFL can take its time, but as well, like there's far less, you know, football pedigree names he's going to be able to get. Is he going to be able to get a Mike, uh, not Mike Dicka, sorry, uh, Dick Butkus again? Because if you remember, oh, he God. ran the player personnel. So is he going to be able to get somebody like that again? Eh, I don't know. But AAF is they're playing it smart. <laughs> Hate to admit it, but yeah, they're playing it smart right now. Well, they're playing it smart. I do agree. But one thing that I look at it from a perspective of trying to keep it in a neutral mind. Uh, when Salt Lake City was announced as the fourth franchise, I kind of went on that Twitter account to see what AAF is saying. And, and I saw at least 13 people tweet and it says, AAF, get the hell out of here. You know damn well we want an XFL team, and you came here because you wanted to beat the XFL. And there's a, there's a lot of people – I'm surprised on Twitter from these cities that the AF is like, hey, we're here, and they're like, we don't care. We want the real sh- – we want the real XFL. We don't want you. And there's actually – there's actually, I hate to say it, but I heard on another podcast earlier this week, um, they're talking about the AAF and the F- a rivalry, and the XFL is two years out, and the AAF is what? Thir- about what? Nine months out? And there's take, already yeah. a rivalry brewing. Like there's fans like saying, "Get the get the AAF out here," and then you, of course, you get the AAF going like, "Oh, we're gonna watch Mix McMahon fail." And every time I see those tweets, I'm like, "Do you guys even watch WWE?" Uh, he's not failing at all. <laughs> he's very successful. Well, some of the decisions he makes is kind of questionable lately, but he's still very well, successful. Actually- the the WWE stock is higher than it's ever been right now. Uh, I know we're talking a, a little bit of wrestling here, but this is important. Uh, SmackDown is now out on the market. It's a free agent looking for a new home. And when that news broke out, the WWE stock prices went up. I think it's, they're about 58, 60 something, you know, 58 or $60, give or take per share right now. And it's never been higher than that. So, it, it's very interesting how time seems to be repeating itself because when the XFL was first created, WWE had just gone public in 1999 and they were riding that high wave. They just bought out WCW. They bought out ECW. It very much seems like the same thing again. However, they're taking their time. They're not rushing it. And that could be hey, the downfall that- of the AAF. Well, because we know last couple of weeks ago, we reported, not we reported, but Orlando Sentinel, uh, Mike Bianchi reported that the XFL was in conversations of putting an XFL franchise in Orlando before 
the AEF came, like, we're going to UCF, we're going to put a team in the UCF. Well, the XFL was in contact with Orlando way before, and then one of our first episodes here, when we first began in February, I said, me personally, I know someone who works down there with the Orlando Sports Administration, and they said there's been conversations with executives from Connecticut, but they thought it was for the WWE and WrestleMania. They didn't expect the WWF, and they didn't expect WWF. The WWE, they didn't expect the XFL to return at that time. But coincidence, hey, got the information. Then all of a sudden, the AAF makes the news a couple weeks, a couple months ago. And we're like, oh, okay, whatever. Then all of a sudden, you see this news report by Orlando Sentinel said that the Vince McMahon has been in conversations way before the AAF even was mentioned because, hey, the X. The AAF is putting teams exactly at cities where Vince wants to go. I guarantee it. And they, they're going to try to so we're going to try to like destroy the the hype machine here. I guarantee you this. And we can look at this two years from now, ladies and gentlemen. You can bet me, whatever. I guarantee you this. In two years, if the AAF stay, is still around and the XFL does put their franchise in Orlando, which I do expect is going to happen, I guarantee you that the XFL's first game in 2020 will have more people in the stands than the UCF or the the AAF game in the UCF stadium. Guarantee it. Put money on that. You know why? Because the XFL already has a massive fan base. The AAF does not. So it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, you know, taking the thunder right out of them. That's actually a tactic that Vince McMahon uses himself. Uh, anytime you have a Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, match or you got New Japan or Lucha coming through. It's highly coincidental. The WWE will always put like an NXT show or they'll put a SmackDown live show. That's very same weekend when those, uh, when, when those guys are having their shows. So this is something that Vince is well versed in. So I'm sure he's got a plan to get around this because who better to handle a situation like that than somebody who does it themselves for a living every day. So yeah, yeah not correct. worried about it. AAF doesn't realize what they're doing. Yeah, and they and like I, for me, I we follow the Exit Podcast follows AAF on Twitter. Yes, I, you got to know the enemy. Um, and I'm reading over tweets the other day, and someone says the XFL cannot survive if the AAF is playing in the same city. I was like, oh, tell that to the Rangers and the Islanders and the Knicks, while their sport always crosses over during the same time of the year, the Nationals. And the, uh, I mean, not actually the Wizards and the, and the uh, Capitals. Look at those teams. Look at those cities that have multiple t- teams, multiple professional teams that have their seasons that overlap each other for most of it. Hence the NBA and the NHL. Both teams are successful. Both things, both leagues are successful. So why does it mean that the XFL and the AAF cannot be successful? It's been done before. Back in the day with the USFL and the WFL and the NFL, and they all ended up mm. just being the NFL. Yes. Yeah, but I don't know. That's, those aren't the best examples because all oh, of those no. crash and burn. The, the AFL, I would say, is the best example. They went on for 10 years before they merged with the NFL and created what we now know as, as the Super Bowl, like the Chargers, uh, the Bills. They were all part of the AFL, and it was a different product. It was much more like, uh, you know, Joe Namath, uh, glamour kind of high-flying offense, whereas the NFL, you would think more like, uh, you know, Vince Lombardi, 
or, uh, you know, the Packers in the ice bowl, mm-hmm. just real rough and tumble well, style. It can be done, but it yeah. has, has it ever really lasted that long? No, it really hasn't. Yeah, that's, in a that's way, good. this is like the new WCW versus uh, WWF. Like Vince probably needs this. <laughs> it's like, I, I have a rifle. Yay! He's happy. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you. He's uh, looking at this as a challenge. He's not intimidated. I look at it this way. This is based on local sports broadcasters. Uh, they were talking about the AFL and the NFL back in the day, and they said the AFL was the West Coast offense that show them throwing down the ball deep down the field, five wide, and the NFL mm-hmm. was the Pittsburgh Steelers, nine men in the box. We're going to blitz you, or we're going to run the ball down your throat. Those were the two different type of leagues back then. And I agree with that because now you look at the NFL, the teams that are the nine guys who put nine in the box and blitz you and play and run the ball are usually the teams that last towards the end of the year. Um, And those teams are running gun and throw the ball deep five wide. Not a lot of teams make it all the way to the end because they're not as physical, which is kind of, they may not win. You could look at Atlanta. That's a good example against the Patriots. Uh, yes, glorified. Yes, glory. <laughs> um, but don't remind me what happened last year's Super Bowl. That was, I well, how can I say it? Brutal. Yes, brutal defense. <laughs> Fumbles. Why is Brady going out there to receive a pass? I I, I don't understand. But we got nine minutes left to program. So if everybody's tuning in right now, we got a trivia question. In 2001, the XFL allowed players to have nicknames printed on their jerseys. Who wore Baby Boy? And what team did he play for? Call now, 646-787-8538. To get into the show, get into the entry, you answer the question correctly, you're in the entry for a... XFL Orlando Rage mini helmet still in the box, never been opened, and I still have it. It's in good condition. I trust me, it's not ruined. But you guys are lucky I didn't get to it first. Yeah, I want yeah. it. Oh well. But besides from that, other sporting news around the world outside of the football. Uh, the NHL Capitals playoffs are choking is, again. Uh, the Capitals are down 3-2. The series is not over yet, sir. You're still alive. <laughs> Dude, this the is Las... the Capitals we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. The Las Vegas Knights are going to the Stanley Cup Finals. They are four Congrats. wins away of becoming the first franchise in sports history since the expansion era of all major league sports. That's like 1971. I think it's like the first expansion franchise in the any sport, in the major four sports in the United States. The Las Vegas Knights could be the first organization to win the Stanley Cup or championship of their league in their expansion year. No other team has ever done that. Except and, the LA Extreme. Yeah, <laughs> technically true. Well, and you know, they're technically the seven, they're technically the seventeen year reigning XFL champions, so they've they've held the belt for a long time. Um, Nobody's but, gonna beat that record, man. No one, yeah, no one's gonna beat it. Nope. What happens if they win it in two thousand and eight or two thousand twenty? 
and still I want them to go LA. <laughs> they need to win it that first year for that perfect symmetry. I'll bet the LA Extreme has just been hanging out with Brock Lesnar this whole time. Yeah, they've been champions because they won't defend the title. <laughs> <laughs> they are the Brock Lesnar of the XFL. It's like, where are you guys going? The money ain't good. I'm going to Vegas. So, all right. You um, haven't but, defended the title in over 15 years. Um, also, NBA news. Today is game three of the Western Conference Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. Series is tied at one. Eastern Conference Finals, the Cleveland Cavaliers got back into the series as they destroy my Boston Celtics. Uh, that series is 2-1 Boston. Uh, very intriguing. I'm still impressed by my Celtics. Win, lose, or draw this series, I am happy. Um, no, I'm not putting my head down without two of our best players, and you made it this far. I tip my cap to you. Um, besides from that, Major League Baseball is getting very intriguing and very interesting. Uh, of course, the two best player, two plus best teams in the Major League Baseball are the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox, record-wise. Uh, the or Anaheim Angels started off hot, and they currently have their wings clipped, and they're falling fast to the bottom of the cellar in the division. In the in the National League, of course, the Atlanta Braves are very impressive, twenty seven to seventeen, very good start. Uh, Washington yeah. Nationals were on a good roll there until four of their games against the Yankees were like delayed because of weather. Um, and besides from that, here's some updated, interesting standings: home run leaders in the Major League Baseball. Number one, Mookie Betts with fifteen home runs. Number two, J.D. Martinez with fifteen home runs. Both players play for the Boston Red Sox. Kind of ironic uh, that it's the first time since 1965 that two Red Sox lead the home run chase at least through 45 games. It's never been done since 1965. That's a long time ago, but it's still a lot of baseball to go. We're 45 games in the season. There's 162 games in the season. Still 100 games ago, there's still a lot of baseball to be played in the Major League Baseball, of course. Um, and who would you say is the worst right now? The worst team who in baseball right now? Fallen right out of the gate. Fell flat on their face. Didn't even get off the bus. Who's the worst? Me and the team, me and the team that lost uh, five to nothing today and lost three of the last four to the Boston Red Sox? Uh, am, I talking about your, am I talking about your Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, it's kind of what I was working up to. Nah. Well, you're not you're you're not as bad as uh, I think Kansas City has a worse record than you. Actually, I believe uh, the Chicago White Sox have a worse. The White record. Sox, I think yes. they've only got eleven wins. I mean, the Orioles only have like thirteen or fourteen. It's terrible. you're only four. You're fourteen and thirty-two. There's a lot of baseball to be played. You could be like only, us. You huh? could be thirty-two and seventeen. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, we're almost 20 games above 500, and you are almost 20 games below 500. I think you guys are like 17 and a half games back. I thought Baltimore was a better team than that. Then I look at the standings the other day. I'm like, 17 games back. I'm like, you could just put an E by their name. They're done. That's that's eliminated. You're, there is no way you guys are recovering from 17 games back. I don't know it if there's a miracle. Been, I don't know if there's been a team to come back from 17 games down to make the postseason in baseball. 
All I know is we need Tom Berenger, Wesley Snipes, and Charlie Sheen. Just put them in some Oriole uniforms, and they'll find a way to do it, Major League style. Uh, hmm. Well, they did play in the Oriole Camden Yards. If you know well, yeah, that. Yeah, the Camden you... Yards is, is beautiful. I love Camden Yards, but when you're watching horrible baseball, like, it takes the fun right out of it. Well, it's also becoming, we're getting close to the year. Well, while Baltimore starts hosting home games, they're going to be outnumbered at home by the visiting team. Uh, because usually when you are having a down year, a lot of fans don't come out and support the team unless it's the opposing team. And I, I hate that. I hate to see that for me any franchise around the Major League Baseball, but that's how it is. Um, when the home team's losing a lot of games, that visiting team's going to bring more fans to the stands. Not because they do bring more fans. It's just that the home team fans don't show up. They go do something else. But besides from that, sports, as you know, is rolling. XFL news is going. Um, We finally got news. Yay. But that trivia question that we gave out, unfortunately, we're out of time for the XFL part of the show. We'll give the same trivia question next week, but not that same question. I mean, we're going to give you another trivia question. We're going to give you something different. We might actually do a Twitter trivia question, possibly. Anyways, but we'll no further to do. Uh, we could try it. We could. T- we could, yeah. We're 15 weeks away from the NFL season, and that's some excitement. We're also 13 away, Ooh, yeah. 13 weeks away from college football season. But you know, we, you know, else we are, ladies and gentlemen, we are a minute and 53 seconds away. Wrestling talk. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! I'm going to have to go tell the world exactly what's on the list of Jericho. You just made the list! I want Dusty Rhodes, the legendary American dream. Well, you got all of it you can stand, baby. Nobody runs down my people. Give me a hell yeah. What? Believe that. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble! Let's dive right into it. Here's my area of expertise. 
Roman Reigns comes out, of course, this past Monday night. We're starting with Raw, if you knew the show. Roman Reigns comes out to confront Jinder Mahal. But first, he has a few words with Kurt Angle. And it worked out just fine. But Jinder Mahal was not allowed to go after Roman. He, uh, Roman lost his money at, the ba- money at the bank opportunity. So Kurt Angle said, oh, well, you're done. So you're going to have to get out of here because Jinder Mahal is going to have a match. <laughs> Roman's like, oh, does he now? He goes out into the back and beats the ever-loving hell out of Jinder Mahal. Uh, I thought that it was a little flat, as you could probably tell in my delivery. I didn't add a whole lot to it, but that's more or less how it went. However, I think that this segment saved itself later on during the night. Uh, after you think that everything is over, Jinder Mahal's walking to his match. And from out of nowhere, Roman just spears the ever-loving crap out of him through the wall. That was awesome. Roman just picks himself up, dusts off his shirt, and goes, all right, he's had enough, and walks away. I love that. If it hadn't been for that, uh, th- that whole bit would have been completely lackluster. I don't think that the fans in London really cared much for it, but, again, it's Roman Reigns. Whenever we talk about him, you know the boos are going to start raining in, no pun intended. I liked the ending, but I thought it was a bit flat. What did you think? Hmm. What did I think? Uh, they're finally using Jinder Mahal the right way. Just took him about two and a half years to realize how to use him. Um, it's a perfect matchup. Uh, yeah, honestly, and what the, what I think I think you're the one who posted on Twitter this week saying that there is a potential of a heel turn of uh, Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. and that. Um, like we said last show, that I think Roman Reigns needs to become heel before the fans can fully accept him. And I think the Ginger Mahal aspect of this um, was it's good because one thing that I liked about it is the sparing, not sparing, well, God, what's his name again? The Ginger's uh, assistant. Oh, what's this? You're talking about the Singh brothers? Yeah, the thing the was it main thing, the, the guy he gender uh, threw at. Uh, I always call him the Singh Bros because I've only seen one now, and they never. I, I don't remember them even saying their names, and what they do, it just flies right over my head. Yeah, because I remember gender threw one of the Singh brothers at Roman, and Roman took care of him in two seconds. Then later, see a spear funny. through a spear through a wall. I'm like, ah, this is pretty cool. Uh, I liked what they're doing, and I like how the the, the storylines try and tell that we've seen the end of Roman Reigns' chances of being you know WWE champion or Universal champion or in a championship match because he lost his way to the Money in Bank. Um, you, you know dang well you're not going to leave. Uh, almost said Samojo. Uh, you know dang well they're, <laughs> they're not going to leave Roman Reigns out of the Money in the Bank, and he's going to have a a match at Money and Bank against Jinder Mahal. If you could count that, yeah. Um, yeah did you? Yeah, no. Did Jinder Mahal move, qualify for the Money in the Bank? Uh, no, he didn't even. He wasn't even in the match. He was oh, so banged wow. up, uh, they replaced him oh, with that, that's Kevin right, that's Owens, right. if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, you're gonna see. Because uh, I remember looking at a WWE thing and it had Jinder Mahal in the, in the ladder match for the Money in Bank. I thought I saw that like two weeks ago, but I could, I could, that, that possibly changed with Kevin Owens. 
Um, so I like the way they're doing the Roman Reigns and Jinder Mahal thing. I think Jinder Mahal, Mahal, Jinder Mahal needs some ten, some type of push like that. And I like it, and I think he was underused in the he was used the wrong way on SmackDown, and this type of being a somewhat a bully, being still as a push Roman to maybe make Roman turn a little bit. I think Jinder can be that type of character that makes that turn to the dark side or the heel side seem more fluid, fluid than uh, if he was just in you know, the forced on face of the WWE. But I like well, I forgot who it was. Um, they were saying that fans hate fans hate uh, Roman Reigns because he is uh, he was forced on us to be like The Rock. I forgot who quoted that. It's an ex uh, WWE superstar. Um, and they oh, said the reason why can, uh, Stone Cold, his most recent yeah. podcast, that, that got a yeah. lot of attention lately. Uh, and he was saying about like comparing him to The Rock, and that he shared a couple of views, like I would, like I said about him turning heel, that he'd be more accepted to the fan base. But mm-hmm. like I said before, Roman Reigns is a hell of an athlete. I like his uh, as a pers- as a wrestler, but I'm one of those fans that respect what he does. I'm tired of seeing him in different tile matches, like I've said, and like we both agreed in past shows before, that the dumbass called Brock Lesnar needs to be needs to lose his title to somebody so the title can switch hands multiple times on Raw because there's about seven to eight guys on Raw right now that deserves a universal title match or title shot or the belt on their waist. Roman Reigns is one of them, even though he may be the least, respe- least respected one right now. He's one of them. Uh, Seth Rollins is one of them. Uh, crap, even Finn the Miz Balor. was until he went on SmackDown. Uh, Finn Balor as well. There's a and there's a couple guys on Raw that deserve it, but you cannot have any type of these rivalries or feuds to get up going when you have a defending, uh, reigning and defending. I don't know what Paul Hammond says. Uh, universal reigning, champion, defending, undisputed universal never champion, Brock Lesnar. There we go. I had to get that out. Never on Raw champion. So we have one belt that's just floating around there. It's supposed to be the most dominant belt in the WWE, but yet it's gone. So at, the, at I this like point, I, 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 I'd rather have Heath Slater win it at this point. Just anybody but Brock. Correct. Me too. I'm tired of seeing the belt on, not on the show. I want to see the belt on the show. So. Well, that brings us up to that brings us to the Money in the Bank qualifier because one of these guys may get the title. Except it's definitely not going to be No Way Jose. Literally, No Way Jose. You're not getting that title no anytime way. soon. Jose. No Way Jose. Bobby Roode and Baron Corbin take on each other in a triple threat match, and Bobby Roode winds up punching his ticket to Money in the Bank. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about this match. I, I didn't think it was that great it didn't seem like anybody in it had any kind of symmetry slash chemistry it just there were a lot of moves that were off the less said about this one the better but i'm happy the bobby root minute i either wanted corbin or bobby root i think corbin deserves a little more but he already won the money in the bank last year so given bobby root the spot was the way to go yeah i kind of agree um, you know, I would love to see Corbin, but you can already tell that Corbin and Hodohe Jose feud is going to, you know, stick around with us for uh, nowhere. And, you're, you know, damn well, we're going to get a match at on uh, Money in the Bank for it. So, eh, 
Okay. Uh, Corbin needs a push, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let him deal with the No Way Jose. Anyways, you've heard my writing about him before in the last show, so let's continue. Exactly. <laughs> but we got a good thing to talk about, and that's Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel going up against Breezango. Bo Dallas and Axel finally have an identity the B team. I love it. I really, really like it. And the shirts that they had on, they like just spray painted B team on it. That was just awesome. And they finally get a win. And they and they treated the win with actual somewhat respect. Like it was the first ever win, but you know, Renee Young went over and talked to them afterwards, like, Oh my god, you guys got a win. Congratulations. Uh, I'm liking what they're doing with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. They're finally getting somewhere. Are they going to turn into the bar? Probably not. They might be the new hot flavor of the month, kind of like uh, Rhino and Heath Slater were. Uh, they won the titles, but after that, didn't really hear much from them. Now they're just glorified jobbers. But even still, if Curtis and Axel can at least get to those heights, even as short-lived as they were, that's a success right there, and I'm very happy for them. And they're Definitely going to get a pay raise, especially if they start moving merchandise. If you start seeing a stadium full of B-team shirts, you know that they're going to be set WWE for a while. What they'll do with them afterwards, who knows? But I'm digging it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I want to see what they're going to do next. Uh, I kind of expected, well, well, my theory didn't work out. I thought they were going to go do a surprise appearance of SmackDown to help the Miz, but yep, that's not going to happen. And for honestly, Ma's opinion, can we have those two tag teams join a faction, uh, Brizango and the B team? I think they would be a very entertaining faction in the WWE. But would they be dominant? I don't know about that. I don't think you would be able to call them the new NWO. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to call them the new NWO, but if you're going to keep together Titus O'Neil and, uh, and Paulo Cruz, who haven't won a match in since Jesus walked the earth. Um, yeah, I know that's kind of a shot. I know that's kind of a shot. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make it religious. I'm not trying to insult religion. I'm just trying to say it's been a very long time since I've seen Titus worldwide actually win a match. Um, but yeah, I, I'm digging it. Uh, it's, it's just like the Matt Hardy Bray Wyatt situation. Two oddball guys. Nothing in common. Get together because of their one singularity, one belief, and bam, they're hitting, hitting, hitting the road going. And um, Tim, I, but do I see them pushing for the tag team titles and Raw? Not now. But I see some of those intriguing, funny type of feuds, like with you know Forzango and maybe the rival, or some local wrestling group that they decide to uh, throw on to fight in these matches so I was actually just thinking that uh, a rivalry between the authors of pain and the B team could actually be a money maker because how can you hate the B team and I was just thinking like of uh, a new catchphrase for him Bo leave Bo leave in the B team you know it practically writes itself and you would want to root for them because the authors of pain are pushed as such a brutal tag team very much like the bludgeon brothers but newer fresher uh, I think that that would be something I'd really like to see. And if they do it, come on. Do it full force. Don't half-ass it. Push these guys. But even still, that's way down in the future. We don't know what's going to happen. 
But let's move on because we got Sasha Banks and Ember Moon taking and Natalia taking on the Riot Squad. This match was actually pretty good. I thought I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and Natalia is continuously getting pushed the right way, and she actually was the catalyst. She was the one that made uh, Liv Morgan tap out. That can only help her. I'm still confused as to when and how she became a face again, but I'm not complaining. This is where Natalia should be. I liked her as a heel. I know a lot of people didn't, but even though I liked her as a heel, I do think she's better as a face. So keep this storyline going. Ember Moon, keep on rocking, and Sasha Banks, come on, just just turn heel already. I'm really tired of this Bailey storyline. And are we going to be, are we going to turn on each other? No, let's be friends for a little while longer. Come on, make a decision, damn it. Ah, a little vocal there, sir. Are you not intrigued by the drama between two, uh, how can I say this without offending the infidels? Hmm. Yeah. Because uh, I've been messaged on Twitter saying that my comments on WWE superstars can't come off as offensive, and I replied back to this person. Really? Said, what? Yeah, I, they, someone said I made a shot towards Nia Jax that was offensive, and I'm still trying to recall what was so offensive about it. Um, we root for Nia Jax. We love Nia Jax here. Yeah, and apparently I offended somebody saying that I attacked Nia Jax in a way in which the WWE is trying to fight against. Like, pretty much we were, I bullied Nia Jax. It was a stupid, I deleted the freaking tweet. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude, whatever. Uh, Listen to our shows. uh, You'll know more if you listen to our shows. Um, But one thing that I like about the the Natalia situation, it seemed like right when she came on Raw, she instantly turned um I can't say heel, she instantly turned face right off the bat. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. still trying to trigger how he, she turned face so quickly. Uh, usually it doesn't happen that fast. But hey. and being put together with Ronda Rousey. Correct. <laughs> That's huge. And all of a sudden it looks like Ronda Rousey and her have been best of friends since the beginning of time. Um so yeah, it's very intriguing. Um, but thank you. They kind of, you know, stepped away from the Sasha Banks and Bailey situation as this time. Uh, I think they're finally realizing that that kind of storyline is not going to be working anytime soon. The expiration date has come and gone. Yes, it's like buying milk at a gas station. You know damn well the milk's expired. So why the hell are you buying the milk in the gas station? It's a little old. It's still good. It's still good. It's crunchy. Maybe not. (laughs) Why is the milk talking to me? (laughs) You know, actually, speaking of milk talking to people, if there's one guy in the WWE that I would believe actually has milk talking to him, it would be Matt Hardy. On the revival and proceeded to pretty much crush the revival and any hopes that I have of them actually being relevant anytime soon. Uh, yeah, man, the, rival, the, the revival has been completely forgotten. And uh, I have mentioned this before. 
if you don't if you're not really familiar with the revival you only know them from what you have seen on wwe which has been disappointing they rocked it in nxt they were champions for a long time they were damn good they held down the tag team division but just like apollo cruz they have not been handled property but if you're gonna job to anybody at least you're jobbing to hardy and bray wyatt so you know not a not a bad night's work i'm still damn happy what they're doing with hardy and wyatt but when are they going to get a real opponent? You know, kind of like the same issue I've been having with uh, Drew McIntyre and Ziggler. They haven't really gone after anybody. They've said a lot, but they haven't done much. Yeah, they win a match here or there. But unless the matches actually mean something, you're not truly progressing. Again, that could probably have a lot to do with how, mu- how many segments they have to fill on a weekly basis. So you take what you can get. Uh, I'm still happy with what they're doing. If the revival can eventually get their footing down, I'm all for it. But this was a meh. It was all right, you know, just a whatever match. It was there. Don't have a whole lot to say about it. Do you? Yeah, he took the word "drive" out mouth. Um, I it just felt like a match that the WWE put in to just you know, eh, hey, let's wait some time. We have three hours. We can't you know tell a story in two hours. Let's just keep doing it. Uh, so, yeah. So, let's That's move on. <laughs> Sami Zayn. Uh, hmm, uh, this was a weird promo. Uh, he comes out, and of all the people that he's going to go after, he decides that he's going to start picking fights with Bobby Lashley. The only good thing about this promo other than how random it was, uh, it was kind of hilarious because of how random it was, is the fact that he's calling out uh, Bobby Lashley's uh, interview, the most boring thing I've seen in a long time, which uh, we didn't actually talk about that last episode, but that tells you just how good it was because it was boring as hell. Uh, I love that he made fun of it, and when they actually played the clip of it, the audience was yelling, boring, boring. Other than that, don't have much to say about this promo. It was just very whatever. But I will say, I like hearing Sami Zayn talk crap. That's always entertaining. Are you expecting anything out of this rivalry? I'm expecting uh, Sami Zayn to do what Sami Zayn does best, and that's perform. I'm still not sold on Bobby Lashley since his return. It just seems like, hey, I'm here. Oh, you're just as dull as you were when you left. I didn't actually think that this was possible, but I bought into him when he first came back because I was happy to see him back, and I had seen what he was doing in TNA. But now that he's opened his mouth and did that terrible, terrible interview, I'm no longer fully sold. I'm questioning my stocks, and I'm thinking about selling them. What the hell are they doing with this guy? I think they did a... How can I put it? It's, I think they exceeded like a quick sale. Hey, get it now when he's still good. But technically, he's not good at all. So here you go. Here have him. That's a quick sale. <laughs> um, I, I just, a few bucks. Yeah, and I just don't... I don't see what... I'd rather see... When you think of Bobby Lashley and you think all the rumors of WWE stars returning during the WrestleMania time and during Raw after WrestleMania, you had, you know, 
Bobby Lashley. Where the hell was the rumors about Chris Jericho, uh, Alberto Del Rio, and who's the <laughs> other one that was? Um, oh, yeah, that guy, CM Punk, who apparently is legitimately considering coming back to wrestling, but not in the WWE. That's the ring of, of course honor. not. Um, so, yeah. He just... He destroyed those bridges. They're burnt to the ground. Napalm was thrown all over them. Nuclear bombs went off. Like that, that, that ship has sailed. Correct. So yeah, I I don't know what the WWE is doing with Bobby Lashley. I have no idea. Still, don't. unfortunately, it looks like the writers don't either. Correct. But at least it's the Lexus has some direction. Oh uh, yeah. Because she won her Money in the Bank qualifier against Mickey James and Bailey. Hey, we want some Bailey. I do oh, love no. it when they go to London and they start singing that. I get a kick out of that. What'd you think of this match? Uh, eh. it was entertaining because you know dang well that you're going to have the uh, women's uh ladder match at Money in the Bank and you need competitors and it was inter- it was okay and I like what you said when they go to England it's very how they sing Bailey's song all the time and it's kind of intriguing but uh, WWE fans remember when the British Bulldog was around uh, when Rolly Regal still around uh, active wrestling every time they went to England those guys were the studs of the program they didn't care about any American wrestlers except for the British Bulldog and William Regal. Kind of interesting. Bailey has no connections with England, and she gets the pretty much the more rec- well, I, can, rec- I can't say pop, but gets the, mo- the more like pop. Well, not a it's pop, like, but it's, it's like a tenuous state throughout the match. It's always there is always chance of Bailey throughout the match where she gets almost zero of that, zero of that in the United States. Maybe she just needs to wrestle in England from here on out. Yes, she has to go talk to uh, Wade Barrett in that, and well, I think Extreme Force Wrestling over there, and see if she can get a job. But yeah, that was a good match for Raw. That's a good match. I, you need fill out competitors for the Extreme um, Extreme Rules um, Money in the Bank. So yeah, that was okay. It wasn't really yeah, not was- like the greatest match ever, but it was good. Well, this was a bit of a lackluster Raw, I think, that it's definitely one of the highlights. Kind of like a big fish, small pond kind of thing. But right. I, one thing I will say before we move on, I, I, I like the, what uh, James was, uh, Nikki, blah, 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 Mickey James was doing with Alexa Bliss, like when she snuck up and rolled her up for the two count. Bliss was like, what the hell? And <laughs> Mickey James saying, hey, it's money in the bank, baby. Every woman for herself. She's got to do what she's got to do. I would have liked to have seen her win it, but uh, it's probably best for Bliss to keep getting pushed. Uh, she's just too big to fail right now. You have to keep pushing her. I don't know what's going to happen between her and uh, uh, Nia Jax, if they're going to continue that anytime soon. But I'm digging it. Oh, that's another thing that we need to talk about. Speaking of Nia Jax earlier, this didn't happen on the show. It happened at a uh, NBC Awards kind of, kind of thing, like a red carpet event. Nia Jax issued a 
challenge to Ronda Rousey for the title at money at the money in the bank. It was a pretty bad way to do it, but I kind of understand why they did because look at the end of the day, we can't have Ronda Rousey losing any matches. There's only so many people you can put in the money in the bank qualifier. And if she has even even a chance of needing to lose, they don't want to put her in that position. So at this point, they, they were left with no choice but to have her take on Nia Jax. And you can't ignore Rousey anymore for any more pay-per-views because the last pay-per-view, she wasn't on a greatest Royal Rumble. She wasn't on it. Uh, we haven't seen her really do anything since WrestleMania. So this, I think they did at a necessity. How are you feeling about Jax taking on the Ronda Rousey? Um. Uh- I don't like it because they did it on some red carpet show. Hint, hint. Hey, let's have a national time athlete in Ronda Rousey, and let's put her on a title match with no fucking storylines. It was good That's advertising, the, though. Uh, I don't care. I want storylines. I want to see the that. rivalry brood. I want to see what happens. Uh, let's do it at red carpet of NBC. Okay, whatever. Ah, but but you take the arguably biggest star. You take the arguably biggest star and you put her at a red carpet gala, and then you have that happen in front of all the cameras. And again, I yeah, I I didn't think it was a good promo the way that 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 they spoke to each other. It just came off as crap. But you know, too soon in my opinion. Fantastic. (laughs) Too soon in my opinion. No choice. Too soon. That's no choice, but. Hey, it's like me and you going to WWE, and we're fighting Brock Lesnar on our second show. Yeah, you don't deserve it. <laughs> you have to you earn can it. go do that. I'm not messing with that, dude. It's way too much protein. <laughs> <laughs> Start eating more steaks. <laughs> well, there's a hell of a lot of protein in the next match we're about to talk about. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre finally go after somebody of significance, Ron Strowman and Finn Balor. Had a lot of fun with this match. I dug it. Uh, the way Drew McIntyre completely teased Ron Strowman worked. Uh, it's a great way of getting people to buy tickets to the next show because you know that it's coming. You're not going to get it right there. You're going to get a couple breadcrumbs, but you got to pay the big bucks to finally see him go at it. I think that Strowman and McIntyre are probably somehow, some way, going to have a one-on-one match at Money in the Bank. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I see that. I see that, Bruin. Uh, that was an intriguing way to uh, um, nice little finally get somebody who can actually go up against Braun Strowman. And it's not afraid of Braun Strowman like other stars are out there. Um, I like it. I like how the WWE is finding new forms and ways to get other WWE superstars that are on Raw's roster that can match up in a very compelling and interesting storyline like Drew McIntyre on Braun Strowman. I like it. Uh, I want to see where it goes to, and and I want to see Braun Strowman actually have a rival with somebody, not a feud that lasts two pay-per-views with him beating everyone's ass. I want him to actually <laughs> lose a match for once and see how that builds up. So right now, yeah, I, it's, I like it. Uh, now WWE, don't mess it up. Make it entertaining. Build the suspense. Make it last, maybe not to uh, Money and Bank, until the next pay-per-view. Do something like that. Um, I like it. It's very intriguing. It, it made me, when I watched it, it's like, ah, 
I wonder how they can do this, how intriguing it would be. And I was very, very intrigued. I, I like what they're doing. Uh, and it's very, there's, as you look at Bronson Roman, there's very few superstars that can go up against him one on one. If it was an actual true, I like what they're doing. And I think Drew McIntyre uh, has proven that he can be a, a, a competitor. Well, he is a competitor for a second chance guy. I think he could do a very good job to be a very competitive uh, athlete and character in the WWE and his new form and way. And it gives a shout out to Dolph Ziggler. Um, the guy, no matter what type of role or character he plays, that guy still goes out there and works. Poor guy doesn't get enough credit where credit is due. So, yeah, I love it. And I think Braun Strowman finally actually may have an appellant and an intriguing storyline with Drew McIntyre, and I would like to see it happen sooner than later and longer than what people expect. Don't make this a one-pay-per-view type of match. Make it two. Couldn't agree more. And that brings us to the main event of the night. Bobby Lashley versus Elias versus Kevin Owens. All around well booked. Uh, This may have been the best match of the night, especially because it opened with Roman Reigns spearing Mahal through the wall. That was just the best. Uh, Kevin Owens wins. He actually wins. He gets chance after chance after chance after chance because Stephanie McMahon seems to like him for some odd apparent reason. And he is able to book himself a spot. Uh, I hear no, hatred uh, in your voice. Oh, no, 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 dude. I'm digging it. No, no, no. I hear hatred in your voice. Because it, it's, it's the same way. It's the same way for uh, Roman Reigns. But, yeah. Continue, sir. Someone's at uh, my door. Dude, but so Roman, Reigns didn't, <laughs> Roman Reigns didn't have to go around calling Stephanie. That's what Kevin Owens is doing. He's got Stephanie on speed dial, and he keeps getting shot after shot even though he loses match after match lately. But I'm happy with that. I like it. Kevin Owens needs to be in the main event picture pretty much at all times until people start really getting sick of it. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. He's just too damn good. He may have gotten in trouble in the past with Vince, but Vince now definitely trusts him. He believes in him, and he's going to keep putting him in good spots. Bobby Lashley looked like he was going to win it. I, was, I wasn't going to be surprised if he did. But Sami Zayn actually comes in, gives him a little halua kick, throws him off his game, and uh, Kevin Owens winds up stealing the victory. Uh, I don't think it could have gone any better, other than maybe Roman Reigns winning. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I thought the match was awesome. It was definitely the best part of the night. No thoughts, no nothing. Nothing else to bring to it before we move to SmackDown. Sorry about that. that. I had someone at my door. <laughs> ah, pizza man. No, it wasn't a pizza man. It was some person who went to the wrong door. It was the house next door to me, not mine. So what were you talking about, sir? I had to get away for a second. <laughs> I do apologize. Uh, basically what I said was that I thought the match was excellent. Uh, everybody on the other end, they heard it. <laughs> Give me your final thoughts on it before we move to SmackDown. Uh, final <laughs> thoughts on the main event from Raw. Uh, besides from your uh, obsession of Kevin Owens getting chance after chance of chance, uh, Raw's couple of last main events have been kind of, uh, in my opinion, eh, bummers. I like this one. This one actually... Finished very well. The show, my the whole entire show, in my opinion, was dull. Um, it wasn't what Raw used to be. So, yeah, I, I like it. Uh, but 
Well, Raw would never be what it would be in like an attitude era. But the last couple of weeks, Raw has been, you know, bland. SmackDown's been pretty much owning them in the main event type of race over the last couple of weeks. But this one Absolutely. actually, uh, this one's actually, you know, impressed me. It was a good match. And yeah, I know you got so many superstars on Raw, you got so many different types of storylines. Um, it's not the best Raw, but it did what it had to do to, you know, keep interesting storylines and perspectives alive. So, yeah. Um, I like the main event. It's not the best main event we've seen this year, um, but it was something that the Raw needed uh, to, you know, get the sour taste of the past couple of main events out. So, yeah, that was my final view on Raw. All right. That brings us to SmackDown, which opened up with Daniel Bryan giving yet another inspirational speech, only to have big ass, uh, big cast come out and interrupt him. And I got to be honest, I think this is some of the best promo work that uh, he had done in quite a while. And when I say he, I mean Big Cass. Uh, Yay! The way he was running his mouth, everything that he was saying was excellent. And then WWE did this, one of the stupidest things ever, and they just had Daniel Bryan beat the ever-living hell out of him and do something that confused me. He was going after Big Cass's knee. Like, when you're a heel, you typically go after somebody's knee or arm or whatever was previously injured. Like, faces don't usually do that. It's kind of more like, uh, I want you at 100%. So the way that Daniel Bryan was kicking his ass, like, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, beat up that bully, but uh, the way you're doing it, I don't like that. That doesn't seem very Daniel Bryan to me. And I could tell that the crowd was kind of weirded out by it as well, because I think that they were. Well, I think we just lost uh, the man of the hour. So he was talking about the Dylan Bryan versus Big Cass match. So um, I don't know what uh, he was talking about, the, about the crowd being weirded out. Yes, I do agree with that. That's uh, very interesting, very intriguing, very uh I don't understand. Uh, yeah, Dan Bryan, in my opinion, is a face doing heel moves. Yeah, it's you know interesting. And from from my perspective, I don't understand why he did that. Why? What type of form he did that, or what what way he did that? Um, but that during that match, the one thing that I got is that Daniel Bryan was trying to be, how can I say, trying to, like, be the little man that could, that can beat up on somebody. Uh, Daniel Bryan, in my opinion, in that match, yeah, intriguing. Yeah, okay, I, I see what type of approach you're doing. Um, but you could have done it in a different way. But I don't understand why the WWE did something like that, but I understand to a point where they're See, that kind of that that kind of uh, match, in my opinion, is something that you have a rivalry that has been built up over the last couple of years, or last couple of weeks, or last couple of days. Uh, yes, Dale and Brian Paycast. Okay, yeah, it's 
uh, I don't understand. I have no idea and no respective and no reasons to believe that this match is was supposed to be like this. And you can tell by the fans in the crowd. The fans in the crowd didn't like it at all. Um, but yeah, Dale Bryan's the yes movement. It's always a big thing. And it's always a big, you know, hooray, hooray. So, yeah, I like it. We see – it's very intriguing. It's very, it's very intriguing news. But we do have some technical difficulties over here, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologize. Uh, the wrestling movie guy did drop out. Do not know, know why. Um, he did drop the call. Uh, we're going to get him back on here for a second. But for the Dan O'Brien conversation, I kind of muffed up, messed up. So, really, because – like the people in England, I don't know what happened. So technically, so let's do this for a second. Let me see if I can get my partner back on here. Uh, let's get to uh, an old segment, the kill time. We still have enough time here. Uh, we'll get right back into wrestling talk. Uh, we'll be back after this. So here's the stream hot takes from a past episode of, of Raw, or excuse me, past episode of the Extreme Football Podcast. Uh, and we'll be back uh We'll be back after this with more wrestling movies, wrestling talk. I'm Jay Des. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, it feels so good to be back for this week's new unfiltered, uncensored, extreme hot take on XF Podcast. Now, since there is no big XFL news out there, and we have already covered the AAF's first head coach, Steve Spurrier, already. What else can I talk about? Well, like I said last week, this segment is constantly evolving every week. Why not talk about a film series while we wait for Vinnie Mac to make a new announcement? So, I'm going to talk about the DC Extended Universe and how Warner Brothers, not Zack Snyder, is to blame for the problems in the DCEU. I must first get this out of the way. I am a fan of the DCEU films, but they are not without their flaws. First of all, Warner Brothers has had a terrible reputation as of late for being a micromanaging film company. When the Dark Knight trilogy was made by Christopher Nolan, Warner Brothers was for the most part hands-off, and they allowed their artist to do what he does, make his art. And it worked! as the Dark Knight Trilogy went on to make over a billion dollars at the box office and received critical acclaim. So, so far, so good. After the series ended, Warner Brothers decided the time had come to make a cinematic universe to take on Marvel. They tried first with Green Lantern and Ryan Reynolds, but that film failed miserably, and that universe was canceled right away. The next move seemed like a Nolan move like before. They hired an artist who, when given freedom, can create a great film. Zack Snyder. WE gave him the keys to the kingdom. And things started off well with the release of Man of Steel. Then came Batman vs. Superman. After the success of Man of Steel, Warner Brothers had grown overconfident that they could control Snyder and micromanage the film any way that they wanted. By giving away the film's twists and terrible advertisements and teasers, and cutting pivotal scenes to get the film down to two and a half hours from the full three hour runtime, thus making a muddled product that was disliked by many filmgoers. The film was restored on Blu ray, and fans could see 
what WB did to the film. They crippled it right out of the gate. Warner Brothers somehow managed to make Wonder Woman a success, thanks impartially to Patty Jenkins, the director. But again, they fell right back into bad habits with Justice League, again directed by Zack Snyder. Justice League finished filming in October 2016, and things seemed to be moving along just fine and on schedule, until Warner Brothers saw the nearly finished product and felt that the film was unwatchable, but they couldn't think of a way to get out of bed with Snyder. Until March 12th, 2017, when the tragic news that Zack Snyder's daughter had committed suicide came out. One week later, it was reported that Snyder was taking himself out of the post-production to be with his family. This, though, turned out not to be true. Snyder was indeed fired by Warner Brothers and used the death as a cover for dumping Zack and replaced him with Joss Whedon for two months of reshoots. This resulted in a film that could have been considered enjoyable by some, but many felt was disjointed and didn't match the visions of things to come that were previewed in Batman vs. Superman. Justice League failed to break even at the box office, and the DCEU is now on life support thanks to the mess that Warner Brothers has made. Will WB learn from their mistakes? Perhaps since after Justice League bombed, many of the previous producers have been moved on to other projects. Maybe this is the real first sign of change that can provide hope for DC fans. I know that was a lot to Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Bring It Wrestling talk show, followed by the Extreme Football Podcast. I am the host and operator of the Extreme Football Productions, Jay Dash. Unfortunately, as of right now, we are currently in technical difficulties. Our show is currently being paused as, we, as we're trying to get this program back up and fully operational. And now, we like to let you listen to some classic music of the intro of Just Bring Wrestling Talk. We'll be back after the technical difficulties have been completed. Thank you. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! I'm going to have to go tell the world exactly what's on the list of Jericho. You just made the list! I want Dusty Rose, the legendary American dream. Well, you got all of it you can stand, baby. Nobody runs down my people. Give me a hell yeah. What? Believe that. Screw you. You're fired. Wrestling fans, are you
start the show. Due to technical difficulties, Just Bring It Wrestling Talk is currently fixing the problem. We'll be back after these few messages of Just Bring It Wrestling Talk. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! I'm going to have to go tell the world exactly what's on the list of Jericho. You just made the list! I want Dusty Rhodes, the legendary American dream. Well, you got all of it you can stand, baby. Nobody runs down my people. Give me a hell yeah. What? Believe that. Screw you. You're fired. Wrestling fans, are you Talk about just rebooting it completely. Let's start from the beginning. Ha! Nah. All right. Good Lord. Where were we? Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. We apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen. I have no idea what happened. I know it wasn't on J-Dash. It happened with the internet over here. For whatever reason, the modem just completely crapped out. I had to reboot it. Uh, and even then, it was saying that we weren't getting connected. So I have no idea what to say other than, damn you, internet company. I believe it was Comcast. But anyway, Big Cass and Daniel Bryan, where were we before we were so rudely interrupted by the internet? Well, you were discussing before I realized you were off air. I started like trying to repair a like uh trying to stop a fire with a spray gun. Um <laughs> you were talking about how uh, Daniel Bryan was the uh his techniques of wrestling Big Cass uh were not face uh, worthy is more of a heel type of uh, approach into a match while attacking the yes. knee of Big Cass. That's where we left off. So yeah. And I asked you what your opinion was, and, and then you we went bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Internet, I just, screw you, Carlos. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, my opinion was simple. I just said I didn't understand the match. I know it was kind of intriguing how they were doing it, but. You know, screen with I was agreeing with the crowd saying the actions of Daniel Bryan was not Daniel Bryan-ish, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah. So, I don't – it's an interesting perspective. But I did want to – I wanted to say something there. 
Uh, but when you went off, I was trying to you know, communicate with you and switching between all the different sound bites we had over here. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, due to the show, we only have nine minutes left on the live podcast. We do, we'll do. we go into podcast mode over, but we won't go any further past that. Um, unfortunately, due to the technical difficulties, that happens. We usually try to keep this under an hour and a half. My due apologies. But there's a report in the WWE, sir, that Big Cass looks like he re-injured his knee uh, at a yeah, live really. event. It, and like, there's a report that he hurt his knee in a live event in in the United Kingdom. So uh, if it's the same, if it's the same knee that he just hurt, uh, got recovered from, uh, that's a tragic news for the guy. So I don't wish any injury or harm on individuals, but that's that's some hard news to take. Guy just came back from being out for a year, recovering from it, and there's news that he re-injured it. So that sucks. That does, man. I like Big Cass, even after that terrible work with the uh, with the little person. That was just awful. I want to see him do well, and that's very disappointing to hear that he has injured himself. But there's no easy way to transition to that, so let's go to something a little happier and sunnier, such as the New Day taking on the bar. Man, these guys just continue to put on a clinic. Anytime, anywhere, whether it's SmackDown Live or just a regular live show, they always put on a great match. And this was no exception. The New Day in the bar continue to tear it up. I want to see these guys fight forever. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Simple as that. I like the New Day, and I like the bar. I've always liked both tag teams. And uh, I expect this tag team to be a lengthy rival for a couple of pay-per-views. I see some belts transferring hands when each either one team gets it. But, yeah, uh, you, the New Day have been on this two- to three-year run where almost every match they've been in, they've been stealing the show. So give me more New Day. Give me more of the bar. And uh, give me better internet. So, yeah. So give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I forget you, man. There's a bad internet over here. Apparently you were doing just fine. <laughs> But it's shocking. I was holding down the show over here. <laughs> With that, we move on to Cien Almas against Jay Constantino. Who the heck is that? Doesn't matter. This is the debut of Cien Almas. I like him. I am not too familiar with him, even though I'm the one that's always saying, hey, go back to NXT and go check that out. I've kind of missed what's been going on lately in NXT, but this guy is a former NXT champion with a awesome mouthpiece that is his wife who does everything she can to build him up and try to be kind of like a Paul Heyman feeling more like a Vicky Guerrero but hey that's a good thing because I love Vicky Guerrero and I want more of that and we need more managers that are vocal we need actual managers again which made it so sad for me when the authors of pain got rid of theirs but that was for a different legitimate reason I like these two Uh, I don't know who they're going to go up against first but, you know, just give him a couple of these uh, squash matches and let us see what he's got. And we'll go from there and see what happens. We got to plant the seeds first. But I like what I see so far. Yes, I'm very. Um, how can. How does my, the grandfather say highly questionable? CC, very intrigued. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to see what this, this guy has. I, I want to see managers that have a voice. I want to see some badass managers that make a return. Um, leave, you know, Paul Heyman, 
Paul Bearer. Uh, there have been a couple Rico. guys. Mouth of the South. There have been a lot of people out there in WWE. Their character may have not sold things by themselves, but their manager put them over the top. We need those type of managers back. And there's time. We still a lot. You got still got potential. But yes, this match um, debut. Yes. Um, SmackDown, intriguing, good character, and I'll, I'll, I'm gonna be the type of that, that type of person who's gonna sit back and relax, see how what develops before I make a final judgment. Unlike on other superstars like No Way Jose, um, but yeah. So that was. Easy. I want to sit back. Yeah, I want to sit back and actually see what happens before I make a final judgment. So yeah. So, right now, so good. So far, so good to me. Uh, now moving on to somebody that you have a pretty clear judgment on. Mela Carmela is money, and she has herself a little melebration. Talking Don't get all her ass kinds of smack. Oh, and that's the beauty of the ending of this, because Paige comes out, says, "Oh, congratulations, yeah, you're champion, but you're going to be defending it at Money in the Bank." No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And who's it going to be against? Yes. As soon as she came out. I just started yelling, oh, she's going to get her ass kicked. It's coming. The day of reckoning is coming, especially when the princess of Staten Island claims that she's better than Trish Stratus and Lita combined. Thus talk too much. I'm really looking forward to this. Carmela's probably going to win somehow, some way. She's going to cheat her way through it. But Asuka is the perfect punch to the mouth. I like it. Bring it on. Do you mean Asuka? Asuka what you just Asuka, said was... Everybody says it differently. You didn't say Asuka. You said Asuka. Asuka. Was it, are, you, trying, are you Ahmed the Dead my Terrace now? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I was just doing my old Popeye gig. Okay. Yeah. Um, Carmella, Carmella, Carmella. You're not Trish Trash and Lita. No. Please. That's like the Cleveland Browns bragging that they have the most Super Bowl titles in the NFL, which that's not true because that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, that is like uh, that's like uh, me saying that I'm the best golfer that ever played golf in the world when there's Tiger Woods and you know, on the Palmer and so on. So yeah, Carmelo, congratulations! You won that nice SmackDown title. Um, you have Oscar and Charlotte. In the SmackDown realm, you can't stand your character. Of course, we've seen that before for me. Um, but yes, Asuka will beat her at Money in the Bank in five weeks. Why is it so damn long? But yeah, in five weeks, Money in the Bank, uh, Asuka will win. I will be very intrigued how this storyline goes because I'm going to get very sick if we see the same door, damn storyline. Like, ah, me no speak no English uh, type of storyline. Um, I'm not talking about Shensuke Nakamura, but I'm saying that how they insulted uh, Asuka during the time before before the, the, the events prior or before WrestleMania, um, like in the Money in the Bank, not Money, in Elimination Chamber, those type of matches, how they attacked her for not speak no English, uh, really irritated me. Can we get away from that storyline? But yes. Charlotte, not Charlotte, excuse me, Carmella and Asuka. I'm putting my – sports betting is legal now in the United States. I'm putting all my money on Asuka, honey. Let's go. 
Shut that up. Please. I'm putting my money. I'm putting my money on Carmella. She's gonna figure out a way to cheat out of it. She will walk away with the title. Yeah. She might. Damn it, but yeah. And that would make Asuka 0-2 at the title. Hard to believe, but that would be the number. Hmm. Yeah. And speaking of money in the bank, of course, we got yet another qualifier, Becky Lynch versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Oh, man. Paige is just making all kinds of new ways to make new enemies. Her pals are not happy that they had to go against each other. Uh, but before we get into the match, I want to talk about the new intros for the ladies. Uh, Mandy Rose, uh, I don't like her intro. Uh, her music and everything came off as like a bad porn video. It's just like, ugh, nah, <laughs> come on, man. We really don't need that in 2018. I agree <laughs> with that. Really I, agree. I, I agree with that. That When you said bad porn, Starvis, I'm like, wow, yeah, that's correct. That's awesome, yeah. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll be going to podcast mode here in about 50 seconds. So when you hear us go offline, download the show, come listen to us. We'll finish up SmackDown here in a few minutes. So just give you a word of warning that we'll be leaving the air here in about 40 seconds, but we're still talking SmackDown. Uh, Stock, thank you for joining the show. Sorry for technical difficulties. But, yes, I agree with you. The porn star thing kind of gave me that type of vibe as well. Uh, but you're, you were the one that said it first, not me. So I, I don't feel like freaking out. <laughs> I planted the flag. <laughs> However, Sonia Deville, on the other hand, had a great intro. I actually really like when she's in the middle of the ring and the strobe light effect was going off as she's doing her punches and kicks, her form. Uh, I liked it all. Uh, for a moment, I thought I was going to have a seizure. I really liked it. She got definitely, she definitely got the better intro. Uh, in the end, though, Finally, Becky Lynch gets a win, and the most important one she's gotten in quite a while. She got her ticket to money in the bank. This match overall was damn good and possibly stole the night. We still have yet to talk about AJ Nakamura, but this one came real close. It's a close second. This match was excellent. And it adds even more complexity to what's going on with what's left of Absolution. With Paige. Is Becky Lynch going to win it? I don't know. I doubt it. But I'm just damn happy she's getting a bone. Throw her a freaking bone here. And they did. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Made me happy. Yes. Thank you, WWE. Um, Becky Lynch, in my opinion, is a underused superstar. And having her have the women's money in the bank because Becky Lynch is that wrestler that busts her ass every single night, goes out and does her stuff, goes out there and proves that she can be very competitive and making her win the money in the bank, I think will be uh, very, very intriguing, especially on SmackDown uh, because she's always been a fan favorite and it's something like, yeah, we might go push you for the winning the, you know, WWE title or SmackDown title, but giving her the chance of having the money in the bank, just tells, you know, people on SmackDown that, you, you, hey, you bust your ass, you got here, you're rewarded. So I do think that uh, my she is my – when she won that match on SmackDown, I was like, if there is my prediction, I say her winning the Money in the Bank because I think she earns it. She deserves it. 
She's that type of woman that's yes, sir, no, sir, goes out there, gets the job done, um, performs every night, and I believe she deserves it more than any other WWE superstar that's gone through all the stuff she's been through on SmackDown. So, yes, I am big time on Becky Lynch on winning the SmackDown Money in the Bank match. But actually, it's both bronze back then, but still, she's winning the money in the bank. So, yeah. Personally, I wouldn't put the money on that. I think somebody else is going to win it. But if she were to win, I'd, I'd be absolutely ecstatic. I would be jumping off the wall. Yes, 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 yes. I'll finally have something to go yes for. But the match that closed out the night was a clinic. It was awesome. It had everything that you wanted in the way of storytelling, especially the ending when AJ Styles nearly decapitates the referee because we all know the referees are made out of glass. So he basically almost killed the poor guy. And Shinsuke takes advantage and tries to pretend like he got hit in the dick again. Yes, they went right back to it. Vince McMahon loves him. Some, (laughs) Some nether region jokes. This match was awesome. Everything about it was great, especially uh, one of the kicks that they replayed in slow motion from Nakamura to AJ. Absolutely picture perfect. This was about as good a match as you could possibly have on SmackDown. AJ Nakamura, just fight forever. Just fight forever. I can watch these guys week in, week out. Never going to get tired of it. And now, Shinsuke Nakamura, having defeated AJ Styles, has the stipulation for the match for the title at Money in the Bank. What he's going to do, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Uh, No. And like what you said about the uh, match itself, yes, uh, you can just give me Shinsuke and AJ all four episodes, all four segments of... SmackDown, and I'll watch it every single Thursday night. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, kind of quirky what they're doing, but it's entertaining. It's building up a storyline, which I would have thought would got tired of because of the uh, nut shots. Um, but uh, if they're trying to sell some peanuts here, uh, Planters Peanuts, it's a good stuff <laughs> they can do it at. Nice choice um, of words. Um, <laughs> hey, get your nuts crushed. You like Shinsuke Nakamura, Planters <laughs> Peanuts. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, the stipulation I think is going to be something like no disqualification type of match, a false count anywhere type of match, or will we some, see something that's very intriguing like uh, matches that have haven't been in Raw or SmackDown or the WWE forever, uh, like the double cage match or the police officer that's pulling up to your house right now. Oh yeah, he just <laughs> went right by. Hi, officer. Um, the officer problem. Uh, and so, yeah, I look at it this way. I, I, I see the stipulation match as something that deals with, like, no disqualification, uh, false count anywhere type of situation. But, yeah, Shinsuke and AJ Styles, their chemistry uh, between how those two guys fight every single night, you could tell that they've done this together for a long time. Um, and it's something that will make you tune in every Thursday or every Sunday pay-per-view to watch these guys fight. And I like it. It's a very intriguing way, and it's a very good way to be competitive at. So, yeah, um, give me some more of it, and I want some more of it. Um, and I wanted that match. If it's at Money in the Bank, 
please, for the love of God, WWE, make it the main event, not the freaking fourth match of the night. Um, but I digress. But yeah, SmackDown again wins the Monday main event competition again this week, in my opinion. Maybe because it's more fresher in my mind. But then again, Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles is very hard to beat. So yeah. Exactly. No, their their chemistry cannot be understated. It it really is out of this world. I was just thinking what could be fun is to actually make it a ladder match. If you're going to have the match at Money in the Bank, maybe have it be a ladder match. But then again, if you have too many ladder matches at one pay-per-view and one night, that could be overkill. You know, you might be getting into that Vince Russo, Viagra on a pole kind of match situation where, like, you know, five out of the seven matches at a pay-per-view had something to do with a pole or Judy Bagwell on a forklift or whatever the hell. But I, I would like to see that. I'd like to see a ladder match for the title at Money in the Bank. And with that said, before we head out, any final thoughts, any little rumors you've been hearing about that we should talk about before we make a move and finish off this Golden State-Houston game, which looks like Golden State is doing pretty well. Your prediction of a 20-point win for them is looking to come true. Yeah, told you. Don't even have to watch the match. But final thoughts. Um, you listeners out there who love movies, love comedy movies, please do yourself a favor and go and go watch Deadpool 2. It is worth it. It is funny. It's crap. Deadpool gets us it. off the air every single show because uh, he likes to go home and touch himself. So uh, Deadpool is a must-see. Very funny. Like I said a couple weeks ago, go see Super Troopers. Deadpool is better than Super Troopers, um, in my opinion. So go get a chance to go see that. Go watch some NBA playoffs, NHL Stanley Cup, uh, XFL news, whatever. Um, but do yourself a favor. Take an afternoon off or when you get off of work sometime, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, when you know dang well there's no one at the theaters, go watch Deadpool 2. You're not going to be disappointed. It's a very good film. It's about two and a half hours, so don't expect to be a short film. Uh, it's a very good show, so go ahead and go watch it. You'll love it. It's a good laugh. But besides that, that's I really my, have nothing else. That's on my to-do list this week. I will definitely be seeing it. I love Deadpool. I've been reading Deadpool comics since the early 90s. I'm a huge Deadpool fan. And I'm not saying that as a bandwagoner. I was there, man. I was there at the beginning, man. I've been a Deadpool fan forever since his inception. And with that said, guys, we're going to head on out of here. Remember, we're, all, we're on Twitter quite a bit, perhaps a little too much. Make sure to follow <laughs> me, the Wrestling Movie Guy, at, at Wrestling Movie G. Make sure to follow my main man, J-Dash, at XFL Productions, at XFPod, XFPodcast. Make sure to hashtag the XFPodcast, too. Make sure you get the movement going. If you want to help us out on GoFundMe, Please, you know, if you can, a couple bucks, you know, one dollar, two dollar, three dollar, don't matter. Anything that you think is worth giving us, we appreciate. And we love you guys for listening. Once again, we are closing in on a thousand downloads. I never thought that I would see that day. But guess what? It's coming, guys, and it's thanks to y'all. So once again, thank you very much for listening. We will be back very soon to talk more WWE hopefully Thursday but you never know schedules get in the way sometimes and this Sunday no WWE pay-per-views on the horizon so we should be talking XF podcast as scheduled with that said once again guys good night good evening and good luck
And hopefully by then we have both have better internet. Good night, y'all. <laughs> oh, I'm touching myself tonight. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.